This is episode 103 with Seth and Jennifer Vore of the On Fire family. Welcome everybody to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I am your host, Ryan McGuire. This is a podcast where each week I will bring you a guest or a message to help you along your own pursuit of happiness. Everyone's pursuit of happiness looks a little different. So topics range from mental health, diet, nutrition, adventure, relationships, or talking with an expert that has an inspiring story to help all of us overcome our struggles and pursue our own happiness. And that is exactly what Jennifer and Seth Vore have been doing for decades now when they found out the strategy of fire. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with fire, as I was it recently as of a year ago, What that means is financially independent, retire early. I mean, how good does that sound, right? And that is the exact strategy that Jennifer and Seth have been following now, as I mentioned, for decades, and they are living their best life. They are currently doing America's Great Loop, and you may remember I interviewed Sho and Joe a few months back. If you haven't heard that episode, go listen to that but they introduced me to the Vor family and they are doing the exact same loop, but they are doing it for different reasons. And that is because they are retired early, currently living the life that they had planned for many years ago. Now, I don't wanna go into too much detail about fire and how they did that. I will let them do that on this episode. But I will say they made some sacrifices early in life and now are reaping the rewards. And it just sounds so amazing to me to actually get out of a desk job, get out of the office, have sitting there nine to five, they're living their best life. And it's something that really has inspired me. So they go into detail about they handled their debt, what debt they handled first and the strategy behind this, which I absolutely love learning about. And as I mentioned, the traveling America's great loop by boat with their two kids. So we obviously talk about that and any possible future adventures. And on top of that, we discuss Seth battling and defeating cancer as well. And the perspective that has now given him and his family moving forward. There was like a million different avenues we could have taken this podcast. So We do deep dive into quite a few of them, as I just mentioned. I am super excited to bring this episode to you. This is a family that is truly, truly pursuing their happiness. I am so confident we can all take something from this conversation and we can all learn from the Vore family. I know I'm definitely excited to use some of the techniques of the fire method and put it towards my lifestyle. So hopefully I can retire and travel the world earlier in life. All right, well, we get into a lot in this episode, so I'm going to stop the rambling. Let's go. Seth and Jennifer Vore on Fire Family. Let's do this. It looks like you're in a lovely location. How are you two doing? Oh, we're doing great. Yeah, fantastic. It looks like I'm you're doing great. Yes, that, that's, an, that's the best backdrop I've had so far in 100 plus episodes. <laughs> That is awesome. Where are you right now? We are in near Destin, Florida. Yeah. Okay. Shalimar, Florida. Hence the t-shirt or the short sleeve shirt, I should say. And yeah. uh, yes. 
Yeah, it's uh, chilly up here in North Carolina. I'm not, not too, too far away from you guys, but uh, definitely much colder here than it is there. But happy it's holidays. Cold in a couple days. Yeah, is it? Happy, happy holidays, though. It's uh, yeah. it's a wonderful time of the year. I'm not sure about spending the holidays in Florida because I grew up in upstate New York and I was very used to my white Christmases. So, yeah, uh, it's strange. Yeah, coming down here was um, a little bit of a difference. I can't imagine Florida. And for those of you mm-hmm. listening, are you, you both are from Portland, right? Yep. Yeah, not as children, but yeah. Where were you? So, where are you from originally? We're from all, we're from all over. Yeah, uh, I went to. Uh, well, we both went to high, college in Idaho, and I went to high school there. Okay, so we, well, I was just in Idaho two months ago, oh, so I, I got to ask you about that. So, it's the second time I've been to Idaho in the last two years. I loved mm-hmm. it so much. I had to bring my my brand new wife with me. I was like, we got to go. I had a great time. I'll go over the, the trip real quick is uh, we flew into Boise. I've, I've loved Boise both times I've mm. been there. And then we drove down to twin falls to look at uh, Shoshone falls and the, the bridge and uh, the Cooley falls where you walk behind it. And then we took off and went to craters of the moon, which I thought was oh, super yeah, that's cool. cool. She loved it. Uh, it's a good time. And then we stayed in sun Valley for a couple of days yeah. And then we drove out to Stanley and hiked in the Sawtooth. And um, yeah, after a few days of that, we headed back to Boise and we flew out. So it was a nice little quick round trip there. So where were you in Idaho? So um, I'm from northern Idaho, Moscow, which is about an hour and a half south of Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, Coeur d'Alene's a beautiful place. We went yeah. there after Glacier. We we flooded Spokane, so we drove over yeah. there. We loved Coeur d'Alene. But yeah, yeah I'm familiar with... I was going to say, I'm familiar with Moscow with what's going on. Unfortunately. Yes, that's where we went to school. My mom was a professor there and still lives near there. Wow. So you're probably paying somewhat yeah. close attention and to And my this? sister's a cop in the next town. Wow. So, yeah. That's, that's a, a lot of touch points there yeah. with us. That's a scary uh, situation. In high school, the, um, the state, our state high school tennis championships were in Sun Valley. So we got to fly to Sun Valley just... I lost the first two games, so I just got to like hang out in Sun Valley the rest of the time. Not a bad consolation yeah. prize. Waiting, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh no, I have to be in the hot tub while you have a game. Yeah, I tell you what, for people listening to this, they probably heard me talk about Idaho multiple times. What a gorgeous <laughs> state! It's beautiful. It really is. Within a few hours, you can see so many different landscapes. It's it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we can go ahead and get started for people okay, uh, that are tu- that are tuning in. <laughs> The Fire Family, as you guys call yourselves, yes, on Fire I, Family, on Fire Family. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't get better than that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds intriguing, and it probably leaves people wondering what the hell does that mean. So, <laughs> uh, fire is a term that I actually heard. I would probably say about a year ago. I became semi familiar with it reading the book "I Will Teach You to Be Rich" by Ramit Sethi. And yep. he was talking about how people do this. And I was like, that actually caught my eye. And I never really researched much more into it. So when I got introduced to you by show and Joe, Jen and Elliot, I was like, yeah, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. You are the couple I would love to have on the podcast. So I'm glad we can make that happen. Um, there's a lot to talk about with what you're doing now and fire um, mm-hmm. as I just mentioned it, 
please talk about what fire is. Yeah. So in, um, Kind of simple terms, FIRE, F-I-R-E, financial independence, retire early. And it's this idea that, uh, uh, you know, live life now, live life uh, sooner than a traditional uh, retirement age would have you do whatever that means uh, in your life. For us, it meant uh, retiring at 46 years old uh, to pursue this life uh, on a boat with our kids while they're still kids. Uh, and that uh came about for a few reasons but uh the financial part of it started uh way back uh with uh dave ramsey and his baby steps uh, of getting out of debt saving up an emergency fund kind of the basics of financial literacy and those things uh and progressed into um this fire fire movement kind of came around at the time we were wrapping up um dave ramsey's seventh baby step which is um you know, grow wealth and give and live like no one else. And so when we started to live like no one else, we kind of started asking, well, what's next? What does that look like? Uh, we had a paid for house. We were completely debt free and um, fully invested in our retirement accounts, but we didn't know exactly what the next thing was. And so when we started reading about fire and getting involved in that kind of movement and, and learning more about how to make that happen, um, it really came down to piling up a whole bunch of money uh, and having the interest on that in very simple investments like index funds, things that um, are, are broadly invested very, uh, you know, it doesn't take a rocket science to scientist to figure out uh, and to have that uh, kind of nest egg throw off enough in interest to replace my W-2 income, uh, allowing me to retire early and uh, do fun things. So right now we're on a year-long boat trip as a family, uh, and that's kind of what we've chosen to do now. And then uh, when we return to our home in Portland uh, after this trip, uh, there'll be something else, some other adventure or some other phase of life that, that we're going to um, do. But I have uh, hung up the eight to five, the cubicle, uh, the stress of that, the uh, the time freedom that I didn't have associated with that. And so that's really what fire um, means to us and got us excited about uh, getting serious about getting our finances in order and uh, making this kind of a dream happen. All right. Well, you just got me excited really fast. Uh, I've had a lot of travelers on this podcast and a lot of them have just kind of like made the leap. You know, they quit their job and I'm going to make the leap to go travel. It seems like you have more of a strategy behind it. So I'm super interested to ask like more questions about that. Right. Like we still own our house while we're on this boat trip. Say that again. We still own our house. Oh, you still own? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we didn't, a lot of people on this trip will sell everything and then move on their boat full time. And so even though we own the boat, it's kind of like we're just leasing it for a year and a half. Hope, okay. Hopefully soon after we're done, somebody will snatch it up. Oh, I'm sure. Deal. I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So you just said the house thing. That was one of the questions I had for you. Um, buying a house is a big deal. Paying off a house usually takes a really long time. Uh, I know I'm I'm signed up for a 30 year mortgage, right? So right. How do you do that? Right. What What are the necessities that you have to have to do that? And that wasn't the original plan when we bought the house because I was 23, and who plans um, doing that? You know, right. um, we both moved a lot as children. So we knew that we were the house that we were buying would be big enough to grow. And that was more than 20 years ago. So it was more affordable than it, it is today. Right. Um, 
but also uh, if you add up all the time that we we spent paying off the mortgage, it was 12 years. So not too far shy with 15 year mortgage. Okay. But once uh, we decided to start paying off the house, which I thought was insane when he first brought it up uh, because I was pregnant with our second child and not working. Uh, it took four years from the, the idea until we paid it off. Wow. Okay. And now, then, yeah. is that because, okay, you just said you weren't working. Like, mm-hmm. were, did you have two salaries that going towards this? Was it just one salary? Like, and what did you, like, what sacrifices did you make in order to do this? Yeah. So when we got started, so um, we, we were very typical American, you know, young married um, people, right? We had uh, two car payments. We had student loans. We had the primary mortgage and a second mortgage on the house. And we were both working and we were just kind of making the minimum payments on everything. Uh, we weren't doing lavish things, but we would take vacations and, and we would do fun things. We would eat out. Uh, and after a few years of kind of doing that kind of normal stuff, um, we started talking about, well, um, we'd like to have kids and what does that look like? And um, after some discussions and some prayer, we decided, well, that looks like um, Jennifer would stay home uh, to raise our kids. And we looked at the finances of doing that and unplugging one of our incomes. And that wasn't going to be something that we could do. We couldn't make the payments and, and do that. And so that's when we really kicked into high gear and we started paying off our credit cards and started paying off our loans. Um, like the Dave Ramsey program says, start smallest to largest. So you build some momentum and we took, you know, the payments that we were making on the first one and we rolled them into the second. So we were making more payments on it. And then we rolled it into the third thing on and on and on. And so, uh, when we got to the mortgage, um, we, we had bought ourselves enough margin to be able to uh, quit one job, unplug that salary, uh, and continue to make more than just the minimum payment on that mortgage um, while Jennifer was able to quit and uh, start raising our kids and uh, be at home. And and we've both worked extra jobs, like, um, you know, and she picked up, you know, part-time work while, um, you know, raising the kids and the things, kids things like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so when we started attacking the mortgage, we were already post two years of paying everything else off and we're kind of taking a breather and we've had one kid and we're the other one was cooking. And so luckily when we did it, both of our kids were small. So they didn't know that we weren't doing anything fun. They didn't know <laughs> that we were going on great trips or going out to eat all the time or um, buying birthday presents for all their friends because they didn't really have them. So uh, we didn't have to say no to anything. Okay. So there are, there are sacrifices that you made, but what you're saying basically is like, it was very well worth it. Correct. Right. And if he would get, when he got a bonus check or like a stock payout, I I wouldn't even look at it. I would just put it in principal, the mortgage, because I didn't want to see how much fun we could have with that check. You know, it's tempting because it's, it is, this is a super interesting conversation to me personally, because I did just get married in September. We literally. Congratulations. Thank you. We literally, we've had many, many conversations about finances and thank God we are on the same page with finances. It's never been an issue, never been an issue. So I'm so happy about that. But we just took out the spreadsheet this weekend 
And it was how much are we investing? How much are we saving in our buckets? How much, uh, what goes to what and credit card, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. We're on the same page with everything. We're, we're really good. And then we're looking at possibly having a kid and maybe in the next year or so. And I think we all think kids are expensive. And yeah. so I'm super interested in your method. But I'm I treat me as a skeptic right now, right? Because so after after we paid everything off, then we sort of were like, Well, could we live on one salary? So we were both engineers, so we're both making pretty good money. Mm-hmm. And so we kinda we we just started banking my whole salary my whole salary. And wow. I mean we stopped I mean we we did actually live pretty well. We went on international trips and we ate. I do not like to cook even to this day. So we did a lot of eating out. So we put the kibosh on that. And we, and we, we sold just, a lot of stuff too. Yeah, we, we, we started living a lot more simply during that time. Okay. We had several big garage sales. Like we were listing everything on Craigslist that we could move at he all. Liked, he used to like to have derelict cars around. Yeah. <laughs> cars and boats and um, toys and uh, we just you know thought the freedom of not having payments uh, way outweighed the stuff that that we were having and so uh, we just took that approach with everything and like she said any money that came into our lives you know it's small or large birthday gifts things mm-hmm. like that we were really intentional about how that windfall money was used because we had penciled everything out on the spreadsheet of our budget and anything extra went directly towards debt so we could really kill that and um it it was hard work and it was sacrifice but being on this side of it it was absolutely worth it yeah i was gonna ask you that so i was kind of thinking mentally before i came on here with you it sounds like you almost like front loaded like all of your work all of your payments and paying everything off so you can Mm -hmm. enjoy and reap the rewards later like would you so you would say you sacrificed for a while like how long would you say you sacrificed for compared to how long you're going to enjoy the fruits of your labor i would say it was two years be uh for the first set of baby steps yeah and then four years for the house okay well that's not that's four not too bad for the house. yeah that's not yeah. too bad wow and, and at the time the the vision really wasn't this like this wasn't the the end no, goal this, this is, is nice this is awesome <laughs> But the goal really at, at that time, we were both in the semiconductor industry and it goes through these cycles, boom and bust cycles, right? Right. Yep. And so we just went through a boom and now we're hearing about layoffs at big tech and, and yeah. semiconductors are affected. And so I lived through, we both lived through many of those busts where there's layoffs and good people that have good jobs that should have money saved up don't and you're out of a job and you have to make Mm. tough decisions like moving cities to somewhere that you don't really want to live to chase a job just so you can continue to make the payments um or you know work jobs that are more like soul killing jobs just because you have commitments that you need to make and we didn't we we saw that so many times that we didn't want to be victims to that and so that's really what motivated the getting out of debt we thought if we don't have anybody knocking on our door for money and we get laid off or whatever then we'll be just fine we'll figure something out we can work you know smaller income jobs make ends meet and we won't be forced into one of these you know tougher decisions where we have to relocate or take a job that we just aren't passionate about or really uh you know, is 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 yeah. not in so line with our. Our goal was to become immune to a recession, basically. Okay. 
I was just going to, I just literally just wrote down main motivator. What was the main motivator behind, behind doing this? Yeah, it was really to, to, to insulate ourselves from a layoff, a, a jobless situation. Okay. That was really the thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I almost wouldn't have guessed that. I would have guessed it so you can live on a boat and travel all the world and all that oh, stuff. That's, now. that's a more recent thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but as kind of life is, you know, what happened was we paid off the house. We were completely debt free. And you just keep those habits. And, and then, yeah. um, you know, the, the next month I was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And, yeah that was biggie. Um, I'd had some back pain and things. Uh, it just, the timing of that couldn't have been better because to face a diagnosis like that with, you know, being the, the sole provider for our family at that time, uh, it, it changes the way you look at facing a challenge like that and having no payments, uh, and be able to focus on my health at that time was just so valuable. Um, and I ran the numbers, our out-of-pocket expenses that year were nine mortgage payments, which we were able to carry without medical debt because we didn't have a mortgage. Wow. Well, first and yeah. foremost, congratulations on being a cancer yeah. survivor. That is amazing. I was reading your website. It sounds like you have some hardware still in use. That <laughs> yep. Yeah. $6 wow. Million man. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations on being a survivor. And something I was going to ask you is like, did, did, hearing that diagnosis like propel this whatsoever or was this it sounds like this was already in the works well well ahead of time right yeah the the debt-free part was in the works already and then and the house was paid off and we were living life and raising kids and life was good Mm um i had already i i think what cancer did it, it um it changed my perspective on work it changed my perspective on because i always thought I knew I wasn't going to work till like 65 and retire and, and have that. I, I knew there was there was something else beyond the cubicle that I wanted to do. I didn't know what that was mm-hmm. uh, or how soon I could get there. But cancer kind of lit a fire under me to figure that out because, you know, the future isn't guaranteed. None of us are, are guaranteed health tomorrow. Right. And and so when you're faced that close to, to it, uh, it really makes you think. So the first few years were really just falling back you know, my health and the life that, that we had where I could get up, go to a job, come home, provide for my family, do things, go to the kids' school events, those kinds of things. But um, shortly thereafter, I really, you know, you know, it was an achievement. It was hard work to just get back to baseline after cancer. Yeah. And then after that is when we really started thinking about, okay, well, I've survived cancer. We've done all this financial stuff what's next like it, it seems like there's something Did big, we, bigger out there he didn't survive it to be stuck in a cubicle for the next 30 years after that yeah and it shouldn't take so a diagnosis we, like that either to think that way you know and i think like this conversation might help a lot of people realize <laughs> that yeah and so and so we started thinking uh you know what does it take to retire that's really when fire kind of started kicking in for us is what what size of a nest egg do we need to not have to work again or not have to work at an eight to five cubicle job again Uh, we can do some creative stuff on the side and we can generate some passive income and do some other things fun things things we enjoy doing but what does it take to to not have to show up monday morning at a desk and we figured that number out and it wasn't that far off and so we just started piling up money uh and 
heading towards that. And this, the idea of this trip came along and we learned about it and we, we were sold. We, you know, we, we said, you know, in part because of my health, you, you don't know uh, how long remission is going to last. It, there's, there's good, you know, kind of cure rates on, on the type of lymphoma, that, but you don't know. Uh, you mentioned I do have hardware in my back. You don't know when you're going to have debilitating back pain and, and not be able to physically do things. Uh, and then our kids are 13 and 16 now. So their time under our roof is, you know, coming to its end. And so we thought, now's the time so if if it pencils out that we're able to do this and retire early uh and pull off this trip now's the time and so we started working uh it took us about two years to to really figure out the the final like yep we can do it we can pull it off we can quit we can make this happen which i also thought was crazy but it doesn't hurt that he's also a boat captain anyway so <laughs> That gives a little vote of confidence. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into the, to the ship you're on <laughs> and momentarily. But you just ask a question. I want to ask you, what does it take to retire? I genuinely want to know. And you don't have to give me specific numbers. Everybody's different, right? But how did you do the calculations on that? Yeah, so it's 25x your living expenses is basically what it is. So hmm. figure out what it takes to live for a year uh, with your current budget, uh, whatever that is. And then... Five times that. If you've got that in the bank, you're, you're set. Uh, you put that amount of money in uh, very simple investments like the S&P 500 index fund, and that should throw off uh, 8% or something like that. Uh, and uh, when you uh, and so to account for inflation, you pull off 4%. It's called the 4% rule. It's based on the Trinity study. It, this, this is woven through all the fire books, literature, I'm sure. Uh, uh, Ramit has it probably, or some version of it in, in his book, but, um, that's really the basic of it is, uh, 25 X your, uh, annual living expense. And that's the nest egg you need to, to not work, um, that job anymore. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people realize if you just let your money sit around for the next like 20, 30 years, you're actually losing money if you don't put it in, mm. uh, in like an ETF. Uh, yeah. I know my wife and I, Kristen, we've been just gradually putting money in, in ETFs. The market's a little shaky right now, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, hanging, our calculations were prior to. Yeah, but but that math works. That's the it thing, does. right? Yeah. It, it's it it survives the Great Depression. You buy one, it's it, it survives. Yeah, it, it it you know that, and that's why it seems like a very conservative withdrawal rate, four percent of what you have each year. But it actually is. Um, that, that's why it's conservative, is because it um, it will survive the Great Depression and things like that. And so so we're confident in in that, and we're also confident in you can always you know because we've been through some of those downturns and lows and belt tightening associated with getting out of debt and things like that. Mm. We know we can back off on the budget in a lean year and we know we can generate extra income if we need to. We can go pick up a fun job, seasonal work, um, get creative, do some other things. So uh, the, it, as long as you're willing to do those things, you, you won't run out of money. Yeah, you know, I, I really want to ask you, what does retire necessarily mean to you? Because that probably <laughs> means something different to everybody. Because I'm thinking, like, you're hanging up the hanging up the spikes. I am not doing anything We're anymore. We're sitting in our easy chairs watching Matlocks. Exactly, yeah. Matlock. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had grandparents I watched TV with. Yep, sounds familiar. So, so yeah, to me, it means not showing up at a cubicle for 40 hours a week. That was really the thing. Um, you know, there's. 
there's a lot of common complaints you have about a job like that. The inflexibility of it, the, uh, you know, I got two weeks of PTO a year. Uh, that's not enough. Like, I want to show my kids the country. I want to spend time, you know, and like you get sick a couple of those days and that's there's there's a couple of days you could have been adventuring. And then, uh, you know, I was just making terrible decisions about, uh, you know, they would like have a break from schoolwork and they would go, you know, visit my in-laws in Idaho or something. And I couldn't go with them. I had to work because I was out of days off. That didn't feel good to me, you know. So so uh, retire early to me means I'm not showing up at the same place every day, 48 hours a week. I'm not constrained by that um, time off piece. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not having to do work that I don't enjoy doing. So does that mean I'll never work again, quote unquote? Uh, no, I, 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 I don't mind supplementing this phase of my retirement with other income. So um, like right now, we have our YouTube channel that generates some income. We do some affiliate marketing. Uh, I work for a nonprofit that I'm just passionate about antique and wooden boats. And so uh, I, I do that part out of you know, my mission to, you know, mm -hmm. help them out and uh, it generates some income and um, just little things here and there. Um, but I also I tutor math and science. And nice. Yeah. So it's more of a portfolio income. It doesn't match anywhere near it's flexible my my salary no. before no, we left. <laughs> but um, it it's something that, um, you know, every every one of those things I enjoy doing. And, and I think that's the difference between, um, you know, working a job you don't enjoy mm -hmm. uh, and, or that is impacting your life in a negative way because you don't have the freedom to do the things that you really want to do. So that's that's kind of how I define this early retirement phase. And where do you both rank on the happiness scale right now? Pretty happy. This is my dream trip. This is absolute <laughs> bucket list dream trip. Um this is my happy place. And I'll, you're not you're not doing this if you're working a cubicle job, correct? Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, my wife might have a different answer, and I, I and I fully expect that she will. Did you? Uh, did you so did you say nine or ten or what's your number? Uh, I'm a ten out of ten. I mean, <laughs> it really, it, it really doesn't get better. Yeah, um, I'm probably more seven and a half, eight. Uh, we were discussing this the other night. So two of us are introverts, and it's not me. Even though he's he does the bulk of the talking and he does the bulk of the talking on our YouTube channel, he's the introvert and our daughter's the introvert mm. and they are living their best life. <laughs> like they're like, oh, I get to read books and like boat from place to place and not be bothered by people. This is fantastic. And the son and I are extroverts and we're really missing, you know, quality friend time. And we just went home um, over Thanksgiving, and that was great. But we're not going home again until August. And so oh, wow. this is a great trip, and it's fantastic. And every new place is great. But, yeah, the introvert's happiness level is higher than the extrovert's, which usually, like, if you go to a party, it's the yep. other way, right? I so, get it. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely consider myself more of an introvert, which is weird, I guess, because I talk to people on the podcast, but I like, I get energy from talking to people like more one-on-one -on -one conversations, have sit downs, mm -hmm. than have to have small talk with everybody at a party that just doesn't, I, I don't appreciate that. So I love right. deeper conversations. I love asking these type of questions. Mm -hmm. And so 
you've guys hit on obviously a few times this trip you're taking on the boat and everything. It's the Great Loop, correct? That's that's what it's known yeah, as. Yeah, America's Great Loop. And uh, how far are you into it? I know you said you're in Destin, Florida, like, but you said you're not done until August. So, like, what's the plan yeah. from from here on out? Yeah. So, um, I would say we're a, a little over a third of the way, probably by okay. miles on the trip. Um, we started in St. Louis, Missouri. That just happens to be where this boat was when we purchased it. Okay. And uh, it was early. It was early in, in the, the summer. summer. So we got moved onto the boat in June, and that was too early to head and south. Hot. It was hot, <laughs> and um, it, it, so you do this trip kind of so that you're in great weather the whole year. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, that was going to be a summer in middle america where it would be hot and and humid so we decided to go north first which is not what people normally do everybody thought we were going backwards yeah so we went north from st louis through chicago into lake michigan and we spent all summer on lake michigan we went all the way up to the upper peninsula yeah sounds gorgeous so when we finish we'll be up there again so you kind of you cross you cross your wake you cross where you started gotcha and so that'll be upper michigan for us gotcha well, that sounds like quite the incredible trip. Yeah, we're I know. the opposite of Show and Joe, where they started in Florida and we started. Yep. Most, well, actually, most people start in the south because there's a, uh, there's a, there's more boats. I imagine, yeah. We talk. I've talked to them uh, a few times. Uh, I actually mm-hmm. had a great conversation with them a month or two ago with Kristen. We did a cool FaceTime to kind of chat and catch up, and it's. Uh, mm-hmm. It's exhausting talking to them, honestly, like all the work that they have to do to figure out where they're going, where they're docking, like the weather and the safety and all that stuff. Like, (laughs) I imagine when this is all said and done, you'll never trade these memories for anything. Uh, And it's going to be just quite the story to tell for years and years to come. But it's also it is quite the it's quite the trip, right? It's it's a lot because it's not just the weather, it's the waves Mm. and it's the weather and the waves where you're going, you know, in you know, four or eight hours down the line. And yeah. is there even a place for you? Or do yeah. you need to anchor? We, wow. We're I, by nature, planners, engineers, planners, overthinkers. <laughs> and <get> it. <laughs> we, um, and so we planned as much as you can plan a trip like this. You know, we thought we had a handle on what it would be like, you know, we, we went to, there's uh, conferences that the Great Loop Cruisers Association puts on. So we went to some of those virtual and in person and talked to a bunch of people. And so we kind of thought we knew what this was all about. Um, but but you're absolutely right. It is exhausting. Um, the logistics of it, the all the moving pieces of it, like when you're out here doing the trip, it it is the adventure of a lifetime. It absolutely yeah. is. But in the same way, like climbing Mount Everest is it it's work too, right? It's it's a it's a mental game. It's a physical game, and this—that's what we're what we're on as well. Is you know, I, I have an oil change coming up on these big diesel motors, and I, I have to get all the things right uh, assembled. At the same and, and it's difficult when you don't have a car and mm-hmm. you're moving all the time, and you got to get you know a large quantity of oil, like 15 gallons of oil, somehow in an Uber back to the boat <laughs> and get it down here, and specialty filters and all the different things, right? And that's just one thing, right? And then you have to get rid of the oil. Yeah. And, um, you know, and just like provisioning groceries and things like this, like it's not um, living in a dirt house, you know, or even like van life, right, where you're you're mobile enough to be able to go and provision. It's a little bit more challenging all the time. And that Mm -hmm. comes with a. it's not a constant vacation, which I think is 
when we planned this trip, we thought always it would be a constant vacation. Yeah. And there are those days and they are awesome. Don't get us wrong. Ooh. But there are a lot of those days, too, where we spend on logistics and provisioning and things. And we're exhausted at the end of the day. And we're like, what did we do today? Mm-hmm. All we did was like Map out the get, next couple days. get groceries and talk about where we're going next. Yeah. And that's it. That's what you can accomplish in a day. And, yeah. and- so at one point, our son said, I thought this is going to be like beaches and swimming every day. <laughs> yeah, so do we, son. That's better than sitting in school every day, right? It is. Well, yes. Yeah, so that's another aspect of um, we're in our eighth year of homeschooling. Wow. And so okay. a lot of families that start, well, not very many families actually do this. It's usually more older retired couples, except for Sean and Joe, right? Mm-hmm. But um, most of them don't already homeschool and they have to start homeschooling to do the trip, which is easier now than it used to be with all the online things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that was just, you know, another. The hardest part was getting the books to the boat, but you know, I'm an old hat at it and they're an old hat at it. So that made it, that made it easy. So I, I got to ask you, like, since you've done the fire method and obviously you, you both were kind of clear to go where you wanted, like why this trip, what attracted you to the great loop? So we, um, we, we we're from the west coast we're, we're from the pacific northwest in portland and Which i we've love traveled... by the way i absolutely i love the northwest i will be out there i will move it, out there one of these days it's a beautiful place yeah it, it is it is amazing it is beautiful it is awesome beaches and mountains and, and cities. but we've explored it with our kids as they've kind of grown up to these ages and we knew we wanted to do a big east coast trip we wanted to see washington dc as a homeschooling mom i want to see all the history yeah, yeah. and and so way back we thought well i don't know how this is going to work with a job but i'll take some kind of a sabbatical i'll take an extended like a summer off or something like i'll plan a job transition where like i have a summer off we can take a road trip and we'll do that and so that was kind of just in our minds as a dream of something that we might do someday uh when we learned about this though it just like in the venn diagram of all the things that would overlap like i'm a boat guy i love boats boating like water is my happy place uh, it's this trip is all on the East Coast, so it circumnavigates the whole eastern seaboard of the U.S., uh, which is something that we wanted to do with the kids. Uh, and and it's this grand adventure where we get to you know educate our kids, do boating, uh, and so that's why this trip uh, versus some other kind of an adventure is we're boat people. Where it just it it scratched so many itches at that time, and I think a lot of people like bring this kind of a thing to a spouse and get like a oh you're crazy or oh I don't know or ask me later or whatever. They're, they're called the reluctant spouse. But but this mm-hmm. one like Jennifer was on board immediately. She's like yes we're doing that, and I was like really I didn't I like I expected like I'm gonna have to like do some more research or make my case or something like this, but I I, I think she knows you know part of it speaks to. Um, She's an awesome wife, but part of it speaks to, uh, I don't bring like super crazy things to her. Uh, oh no, he really. doesn't want to pay off our house or. Well, <laughs> it's, I guess it's worked out so many times that she's comfortable. Seth says that he does not do anything halfway. Mm. Like it's a big that. thing. Like when we threw a party celebrating him going into remission, we had a trampoline. We had a bounce house. We had ponies in our backyard. We had That's a awesome. whole hog on a spit. We had a band from well like a, that we like to go to, you know? So 
I, I, I was thrilled that this wasn't sailing across the Pacific. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can see land for most of the trip. Yes. Okay. I will agree to this. That's that's awesome. I love hearing that and definitely well deserved to throw yourself a party like that. I'm curious <laughs> to know, like, what have been like your one or two biggest highlights so far? And perhaps like what are you looking forward to the most moving forward? Uh we love northern Michigan. The just the water was clear. The like the little towns up there were just amazing. Like all the little stops. We just we had a great time. It that was uh, like late summer is when we finally weren't worried about everything all the time. Like when, when you try to drive your home, like across like Michigan and it's rocky and everything, like there's just a lot of worry and like you're yeah. trying to dock the thing and you don't want to crash and all of those things. Right. I think late summer is when we started to really get in the pace of, okay, we can start to relax and we can start to enjoy. And we've kind of got this thing down a little bit. And so that just happened to be where we were when that happened, but it's just such a beautiful part of the country. And the kids still say that's their, you know, favorite so far. Uh, just jumping right off of the boat into the water for a swim and taking paddle boards and going around. Just just incredible. And then the, the other one I would say is just coming down here from freshwater through the rivers into saltwater. Like Mobile Bay, we were greeted oh, with yeah. dolphins. Oh, and just wow. the, the screams from the kids from the bow, the first <laughs> dolphins they saw. Um, just incredible. Like I, Like that that level of joy uh, is just unmatched. And and I don't know, you know, you ask what we're looking forward to, like there, there's just so many moments that, that you have that are unexpected that um, I, I don't, I don't know if there's a place. I know what I'm Oh, well, yeah. Let's see. So it has not been as warm as I thought it would be because you're mm -hmm. moving with the season so that it's warm ish, but um, uh I didn't think I would need to wear my jeans and my sweaters as much as I am. And so I'm looking forward to right now we're on the upper peninsula of Florida. And so mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to being in lower Florida, uh, where it's more tropical. And then later we'll be going to the Bahamas. So I'm definitely looking forward to that because we have a free place to stay. Oh, hell you know, yeah. if we anchor. So I'm definitely I'm looking forward to more tropical. That's amazing. Yeah, I yeah. definitely don't blame yeah, you with that. He tried to me out of packing jeans or pants <laughs> at all. And he doesn't. He's all shorts all the time. Yep. Doesn't care. But uh, yeah, I, I can almost kind of tell a little bit. You're definitely just. She's got like yeah. uh, some kind of uh, almost like a sweater on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. The Bahamas sounds like an amazing time. And just, I'm just thinking as you're are talking about just kind of like connecting the dots here. It's like, it's really cool because this is a once in a lifetime journey that isn't necessarily once in a lifetime for you because right. you have set yourself up with the fire method to do something like this again, if you wanted mm -hmm. to somewhere else in the world or whatever. So I got to ask you like, what's on your bucket list knowing that you can perhaps even accomplish that? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, we get that a, a lot and we've kind of put a pin in it because oh yeah we're doing this now. And so um, to be able to just immerse ourselves here, I think it comes up and, and we have thoughts every once in a while. I think the mission directly following this trip is to go back to Portland, re-engage in the kids K 
communities. That's the one thing that they yeah. really lacked is their yeah. friend groups and their communities. And, um, you know, we just have a handful of years before they're through high school. And right. then, we have to start getting ready for college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then and then we'll um, have, you know, Adventure 2.0, whatever that is. We've talked about doing this trip again, maybe without kids or the, the kids joining us for segments as they're, you know, between classes or, you know, whatever, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Uh, because, you know, sometimes you don't spend as much time in a place that you really like to, or sometimes you skip a place because of weather or logistics or whatever that, like, you know, you want to go back to, you know, that that's a part of the world that you, you just want to go and, and see or stay or, or hang out. And so those things are, are showing up on our list as, you know, th this is something that we want, we know we'll be back here. Let's just, you know, we'll just write that down in the journal and say, we know we'll be back here and yeah. how, how that happens. We don't know. I am I'm excited for you because I know growing up it was like you get like one big trip a year that was like a week and that was it such a letdown and then you gotta go back to work and then back to reality you go crazy for this like one week uh, and then you're done but with your method it's like this is just the beginning which I like I'm getting excited for you because you've set yourself up to just continue to do this and set up all these amazing trips and adventures and great memories with you and your family. It doesn't have to be that one week a year. We're going to go yeah. to the beach and then come back and it's back to reality. So, and, 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 you know, and this, this really strikes that a lot of the motivation too is, you know, as the dad, as the provider, as the guy that's got to be back at work on Monday, I'm kind of always the buzzkill, right? It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. it's the, you know, let's, let's not, buy ice cream cones, it's too much money, you know, like we're, we're like budget conscious. Let's, uh, you know, yeah, let's go do a week vacation, but it's the same week every other kid has off school too. So we're all, we're all going to cram out to the beach and, and we all got to rush back by Monday. So you're stuck in the traffic or the, you know, you're going to go to the, like, if we had always planned a DC trip and you're, you're going to go to the, all the museums on spring break that everybody else is going to be crammed full of. Right. And you, you're just go, 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 because you got to fit it in that week and, and then, then fly home. And uh, you're always flying when flights are more expensive because that's when you're off work for holidays and things. Yeah. And so this lifestyle allows us to avoid a lot of that, right? We can live more frugally because we can do things in off season. We can do things, you know, we can stay an extra day if it's a cheaper flight because I don't have to be home Monday or, you know, all of those kinds of things. And I find that I'm able to relax rather than you just go, 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 go and try to fit everything in. So that's a big change in me when we arrive on the scene of a place like we would go to a beach town or something and i'd want to see everything in that town like there's a little museum there let's go see it there's a this let's go see it like the actual sitting on the beach and just breathing and taking in a location wasn't something i did because i it just took me so long to get out of work mode where it's go 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 achieve 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 and yeah. that carried over into vacation where i would just want to see everything for whatever place we were rather than lingering and really enjoying and spending time. And I, I, I think it's reflected in our family. I think we've successfully slowed down the pace of life. And here we are in the holiday season. And normally for us at home, it's go, 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 right? It's holiday performances and parties and this and that. And we go see the Christmas lights here and this and this and this. It is amazingly freeing to be sitting here with nothing on the calendar, no agenda, to just be able to enjoy the things that we want to enjoy. So um, that's new. And I think um, 
exciting and refreshing. And I think we're going to carry some of this home with us too, right? We, we can't go back to that rush, rush, rush life because we've experienced this now. We know how sweet this can be. And so I think we, we won't look at normal life through the same lens that, um, that we, we will after this trip. Yeah, as you shouldn't. It, it kind of seems like the more you talk about the life you're living and your experiences, the more I'm getting a feel for like all these extra side benefits from doing fire over the last what 10, 15 years, right? I imagine you probably didn't even see a lot of this coming. You were doing it to what? Get out of debt and so perhaps you can have, like you said, a little more stability and you have to worry about recession and stuff. And now Ooh. look at all these extra benefits. And I'm thinking like, wow, your kids are taking this trip of a lifetime. Not only are they getting homeschooled, they're getting the best education they can possibly get by going out and seeing the world. And you're still learning. You're getting an education too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I That's just, you can't beat that. You cannot beat traveling and the experiences from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. And what just one, one crazy domino to fall was you starting this fire method and a look at how everything else has transpired since then. That is absolutely incredible. What has been one or two of like the biggest benefits that you have felt or you have seen since you made that decision? Oh, while I was still working, but, but getting close, um, it gave me immense freedom at work and immense peace at work. So when there would be some work drama, like there's a, there's going to be a reorganization. Oh, we're worried about layoffs, this or that. It became a, well, I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Like I, I have a, a like an end in mind, and it's coming, and it's close enough that if I did get laid off now, it 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 it's close enough a leap that you know I'll, I'll be fine. And so I was able to enjoy work. I actually found it was it's actually weird, right? Because you think you know maybe your your least happiest at work might be building up right before you quit. But what I found was the closer I got to to that end date, I I knew I was so close to having that freedom that I actually enjoyed my work more. Like I, I got forced into a promotion. I, I never <laughs> wanted to be a manager at all. And, uh, and he gave his boss like almost a year's notice. Oh, and so, that's great. so, so I got this promotion. It was a, like, I never have managed anybody before. He's like, you know, I'm leaving. Right. <laughs> And normally I would be really stressed about it, right? Like I, I need to perform, I need to learn, I need to like cram for this, I need to, you know, go, go, go. But I, I took a very simple approach in, you know, what have I valued and liked in the the, the good bosses that I have had? And mm-hmm. how can I reflect that to my employees? And I just started living that way and, and not trying to like climb the corporate ladder or like uh, out achieve anybody else or anything, just do the best job that I could. And I just started to really kind of enjoy that. Like it just really kind of clicked. So that was a side benefit. I had no idea was coming, but that um, lack of stress when a reorganization or some drama at work, like I know there's a lot of people scared of recession now. And when you're well on the path to financial independence, uh, even if you're not quite there yet, you've, you've got the chops to save and to, you know, tighten down the budget and live with discipline in those areas it really changes how you view something like that because uh, it, it gives you this independence from, uh, you know, potential job loss or, you know, those kinds of things. And so that's been in, incredibly free. Jennifer, what about you? What's uh, one of the big, biggest benefits you've seen? Well, I guess as a homeschooling mom, it's I 
reorganize their history so that this year they would both have American history. So just, you know, seeing all the places. In fact, uh, my son is studying Lewis and Clark right now. And mm. uh, they started in like St. Charles, Missouri, which is where we bought our boat. Like we've seen awesome. the cobblestones and the little cute houses that are now shops in St. Charles, Missouri. And then, the, so we live in Portland, Oregon, you know, near the end of their trip, Lewis and Clark's trip. And so we, in St. Charles and in Portland, we have the same signs of like Lewis and Clark pointing, you know, ahead. And so it was just funny to see those, those kind of things come together with experience, the things that they're reading in person. That's really cool. Yeah, that's that's so cool. I've traveled a few times with one of my best my best uh, guy buddies. He um, has a son that's older in high school now, and he brings him on some of our trips. He's like, dude, the education he gets is great, and they mm-hmm. allow him to step out of school as long as he writes a report on where he's been. Right. And I remember one of the places that we went to was Jackson Hole, so we went to like Mormon Row and everything up there, learning about those houses, the people that used to live there, and stuff like that. So yeah. I completely understand firsthand, like what taking these adventures can do as far as like learning experiences, especially for, for children, um, for, for, I kind of want to rewind here a little bit, as far as the fire method goes, I have still have uh, a few more questions was, um, where do you start? Like, what's like the first thing you do? I know we talked about paying off a house, but for some reason I'm thinking that's probably, that doesn't rank number one. Does it? What's the the first step? Yeah, that's way down the list. Right. Um, well, first when we started, we had student loans and we had car loans and we didn't have children though. Uh, and, but we had and a mortgage payment. And so, I mean, the first step is getting out of consumer debt. So as he mentioned, you, you don't pick the loan with the smallest interest rate. You pick mm-hmm. the loan with the smallest amount that you owe. Okay. And when you get that first one paid off, it's like, woo, we can yeah. do this. Yeah. And then you take that payment that you were making to the smallest one and you roll it into the next one. So you're making the minimum payment plus that extra. And so you kind of get the ball rolling on the bigger debts uh, that way. And so that that was really the when we started being disciplined and doing that, that was really what the starting point was. And I don't know if you necessarily have to have a paid off house to do fire, right? You could do, I mean, you can be a renter and it can just be part of your Yeah. And there's, budget. I mean, there's lots of innovation, right? There's house hacking where you can, uh, Oh yeah. We rent out your house. We rent even everything being our house, have, right? Oh, great. And so now, we're thinking, why don't we do this a couple of times a year anyway? Because the income that we get from it, we can go check out a cool place with all of that money, a smaller place. And so it'll be cheaper where we're staying than what people are paying for our house. And like, especially when the older one is gone, our, I think our son would totally house hop with us. To, yeah. Yeah. Let's get Wait. a condo downtown for a month. Cool. I'm just thinking you two are engineers, right? You've kind of like literally done the math on this and yeah. it seems to really add up and it adds up in your yeah. benefit basically in every way, not just financially, but just the way you live your lives. And that's absolutely incredible. So would you say, I know you said pay off the loan that has the shortest amount of time. Does that include credit card? I know credit card stuff is getting out of hand. Now. Everyone's right. Got credit you still card have debt. to make your minimum payments on everything that you're not paying off. 
Okay. But I believe it was a credit card. Yeah, that was our probably our first one was a credit card. Mm-hmm. Was and a credit card. yeah, they have high interest and it's it's it, like bad debt really is it's is what it uh amounts to. But it's yeah, it's, uh but start off with the lowest balance because it's achievable, right? And then yeah. pay it off, work on the next one. Yeah, next don't one, like next look one. at your house and be like, Whoa, that's insane. <laughs> right. You know, if you have two thousand dollars on a credit card, that's doable. Start with that. It's for yeah. like a for like a ballpark figure when it when you finally came to paying off your mortgage a little faster, were you almost like doubling it or like how much more were you putting towards mm-hmm. your mortgage? I think more than doubling it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because we had taken all of those payments for all the consumer debt and car debt and student loans and things that we had been making and and we just took that amount and Part started paying extra on that mortgage. So that's okay. really, that's the power of doing that and being disciplined. When you get to the next biggest debt, you just applied that money towards it. And then whenever I would get a raise, we wouldn't inflate our lifestyle. We would just take that raise and roll it into the debt payments. So uh, it was not the most extravagant living during those years. But um, in fact, after we paid off the house, we had delayed so many house projects we had to get a new roof and we had to get new garage doors and uh, we had delayed maintenance. Okay. Yeah. But man, you know what you, you, you can pay those bills so easily when you don't have a mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you're going to paint the house. Okay. Well, how many okay. months of mortgage payment would it be to paint the house? Oh, it's two months. Okay. Well, it's just saved for two months. Boom. House is painted. We need a new roof. Okay. Well, that's like three months. Okay. Boom. There you, there you go. Like it just, it, it started to become actually kind of fun. Whereas, if you're uh, buying yeah, well, yeah, it's not the funnest money to spend. But, but in in comparison to really, you know, having a hardship about it because it's expensive. Right. It was and, leaking. Yeah, it, yeah. It, and and so yeah, it, it's a lot when it's easier. It's not an emergency. Yeah, it's where does yeah. paying off your mortgage like that rank? I would say with investing in like the stock market or um in the mm. s&p 500 we started investing um well i mean we invested through work right because of matching yeah. yep um but after the consumer debt and the cars yep then, basically everything was paid off except for the house then mm-hmm. you- and then we started bumping up the retirement accounts okay oh this is great yeah. I, re- I really appreciate you sharing this because for anybody who's like listening or driving a car, they're like, where do I start? And what's mm-hmm. most important? And obviously you can go do some more research on this and uh, go visit your website. And I'm sure you're, you're welcome to answer some questions, but uh, for yeah. anybody driving, it's like, where do I start? And we're giving them somewhat of an idea of like, okay, this is important. And once this is done, then you start this and you start that. Uh, so I, I mean, paying I really up the house, it. yeah, takes such a long time that you, you kind you want to start investing earlier than that so you can benefit from the time value of money mm-hmm. and and the interest payments. And you just flat out put it in the S and P. Were there are any investment, any secrets uh, that you want to share as far as that goes? Yeah, or? for sure. Um, we did not do that. That's what we would advise now. Um, we had a highfalutin uh, financial advisor uh, early in our investing and in, in retirement it, it it's not it's only been well, maybe five years that uh, we booted him and went to a fee only based uh, financial planner uh, okay. which i would totally okay. recommend um versus uh, a commission based on 
the amount that you're investing, a percentage of what you're investing. So um, we were paying just way too many fees. So he was getting fees. The funds we were investing in were um, taking fees. And it really um, was a headwind to us growing our wealth. Mm -hmm. uh, and we didn't really know about it. We just thought it's a small percentage. If he's a smart guy, I'm sure this is in our best interest, whatever. But through reading about fire and um, and, doing math. And, and, <laughs> and looking at the math, right? And the, the book I'd recommend is The Simple Path to Well, uh, is a, a, like our game plan start to finish. And there's a link Probably. to it on our, on our website, but we flipped the switch overnight to that. And that wow. really is um, index fund investing. It's uh, S&P 500 index, some bonds, and um, some international. That's it. Like it, it doesn't have to be difficult. And the key to those is they're, they're low fees. So we, we, we aren't paying a percentage to a financial advisor um, to really do nothing. He wasn't really adding value to the situation. And, and once I think our financial literacy grew beyond um, what he was kind of trying to do in the very early days, like mm -hmm. um, we can handle this ourselves. And, and so that's been our approach now is, um, you know, stay up to speed, read books, be educated. But um, it's it's something um, with a simple brokerage account, you can definitely do yourself. Yeah. I just imagine how many people just feel like, I'm going to get a financial advisor and they think they're making the smartest move of their life. And maybe yeah. for the short term they are, but they just don't ever do the real math on that. And that's something the I will teach you to be rich book definitely exploited big mm -hmm. time was like all the fees and you do not need a financial advisor because you're paying him to guess well, you could guess uh, yeah. just doing the work yourself can save you so, so much money. And who are you seeing now? Would it, would it be considered a fiduciary? Uh, yes, he is. Um, but there's a, um, there's a, uh, the key is just a fee only financial okay. plan. Okay. And so, um, and some of them can have somewhat high fees. I remember, um, yeah. So writing the first check, so we had like a hour conference call uh, on Zoom, just like this, right? And I forget what his hourly rate was. It was seven hundred dollars. Yeah, wow. so seven hundred seven hundred dollars, and like, it was like, ouch, this hurts. But we did the math on what we were paying our old guy through commissions as a percentage mm -hmm. of what we had invested with him, and it was absolutely ridiculous. And he was giving us very little for advice, very and little for check. We didn't write that as a check, so it didn't hurt because it was coming out of our retirement. Yeah, it was just coming off the top mm -hmm. all the time. And so our investments weren't growing as as well as they should have mm -hmm. because of the high fees. And so uh, when when, yeah. when we learned about that, it, it kind of changed. I wish we had done it decades ago, yeah. um, but I'm glad we figured it out before. And the more people we can uh, share that with, the better, too. Mm -hmm. And and that's why we've got the website and stuff, right, Is uh, and why the YouTube channel really is to um, – inspire other people and uh, educate them. And if there's any way we can help somebody get on uh, the right track in whatever aspect, uh, whether that's financial or adventuring with your family or uh, health stuff because of the, the cancer story, whatever it is, that's, <laughs> there, that's why, <laughs> but that's why we pour into our platforms and our audience, right? Is uh, there's so many different touch points and different people that, um, benefit from hearing that story that may be inspired mm -hmm. to do something different in their life uh, because of what we've done. We, we're, we're not um, 
you know, rocket scientists. We're not mega influencers. We're, we're not here to um, make a ton of money doing what we're doing. But uh, if we can inspire folks, if we can educate folks, that's why we maintain our uh, our channel and things like that. Yeah, there are just so many little steps. People don't need to follow your life to a T. They don't need to go from zero to 60, you know, like mm-hmm. like you guys went all the way with the fire method. But if they can just take little bits and pieces from what you're doing, it could be a totally. huge right. game changer, right? I mean, it's been, I mean, we started 18 years ago, just mm. a little bit at a time. Yeah. Yeah, this fire method, like I said, it's something I've heard of more recently. Like, where where did you hear this from? And is this is do you think it's taken off a little more now or recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, I have to look back. I, I I'm pretty sure I probably learned about it on podcasts. I I learned about it post cancer, which would have been about nine or ten years ago, uh, and I was kind of disgruntled at work. And it was during that time period where I was like, what does it take to retire early? So I think it just came when I Googled retire early, what does it take to retire early? And mm-hmm. all this stuff about fire pops up. And um, it, and I do think it's growing. I think it's growing because um, people are tired of the, the idea that you have to work until 65, possibly at a job that you don't love doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, this gives you a, another option. And so uh, whether you embrace it, like, you know, kind of like our story all in, you know, hundred percent retired, or you decide, you know, I want to do a career change. Like I, I, I don't like what I'm currently doing, but I could do this other thing over here and it pays about half. And so what does that mean? And, and you employ it that way, or you want to take a year off, uh, what does that look like versus a, a full like retire early or, you know, there, there's so many different combinations of it. And I think the fire movement is a lot more mature now than it was 10 years ago when we started researching it. And so there's all these little sub variants of like slow fi or barista fi. So you can retire and you have a side gig that pays health insurance and provides some income, mm. those kinds of things. There's, there's these different ways that people have figured out to do it. So there's no one size fits all. There's really lots of different options and whatever works for uh, the trajectory that you want to be on, um, go after that. It's funny that you mentioned um, taking a pay cut because before he heard about the Great Loop, um, at a previous job he had, things were bad. The a new management came in and everything was very stressful. And he was offered a job at a, at the, la- the place that he retired from. And it was closer to our house and um, it was a lot more um, work-life balance. And he said, but it's a 30% pay cut. And I was like, absolutely, miss absolutely do that. Mm. And we have the freedom to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's something that, you know, like I said, uh, having kids, hopefully it's something in the near future and being a part of, you know, their lives is something that's going to be super super important to me. And Mm -hmm. I'm taking notes. Everything you're saying, I'm definitely taking (laughs) notes uh, for sure. And I'm wondering, is is there anybody that you would not recommend this no 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 there's there's not an age even if you love working eight to five i really like working in a manufacturing facility and having operators and technicians and managers and because i'm an extrovert right uh and i really did want to stay home with my daughters but i had to leave something that i loved i mean i was working 60 hours a week Mm. um 
to to stay home. And I, I love that environment. And there are people out there that do, but it would be nice to have a job that you love and not have to worry about being laid off. Yeah, it's a crazy environment. This is a really good time for this episode because there are a lot of layoffs coming, especially in the technology right now. You just some yeah. semiconductors. Everyone's yeah. scared of a recession coming in 2023. The inflation rates are going crazy. How great does it feel? Like, I don't know if that's a rhetorical question or if that's a real question. <laughs> like, how great does it feel to be you and be like, yep, we are like <laughs> almost like fireproof, right? Like, so we're not, yeah. well, we're not yeah. rich though. But you kind of are, you know, like, I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. compared to, you know, 95% of the world, right? Uh, but like we have uh, college funds for our kids, but not enough to pay off four years of college. So they will have to fill out a lot of scholarship paperwork and get and good work. test scores and yeah. work. Yeah. And, we can't, we're not buying a wing of whatever building at the college they want to go to. I, I think, I, get, I think that's a, a misconception too, that yeah. a lot of people have is that, oh, you retire early, uh, you must be, you know, rich or, or very wealthy, whatever. And yes, we have a big nest egg, right? That's the whole mm -hmm. fire idea, right? Is that we have a bunch of money in the bank, um, but we're going to spend 4% of it this year and we're going to spend 4% of it next year and it's going to grow at, you know, 8% this year or less this year, but, uh, you know, 8% a year, um, not huge numbers. It's not going to, yes, we're living on a yacht for a year, but um, <laughs> we're, we're not, uh, we're not rich. We're living on a yacht. We're, we're not rich, gone. but we check us out. Yeah. But, right. but yeah, we it, that money. yeah. We still live in the same house that we bought when we were 23. Mm. Yeah. And we're going to sell it when our kids um, graduate and do something smaller because we need that equity yeah, yeah. so it's all part of that that plan but that's, it, but that's and that's our plan right so uh, that's another not one size fits all is that our fire plan was retire as early as possible to do this trip while we can do it while the kids are young while i have my health whatever right could yeah. i have delayed it a year two years five years probably but you don't know uh, i don't know what my health holds in in that time frame um but if, if your lifestyle or your goals or desires are to live a more lavish lifestyle and you're fine working another five years or 10 years to do it and you don't want to retire at, you know, 36 or 46 and 56 is what early means to you, that's A-OK. -okay. And you can definitely do that. The math still works in all those scenarios. So uh, whether you you intend to be a barista and, and do, you know, that, if you know, to me, it was as early as I could comfortably pull this off, uh, especially while the kids are still uh, under our roof. And so that's that's the timing that worked for us. Um, but, you know, every, everybody's going to be different. In fact, our original numbers worked out to start this trip next year, mm. but it was going so well that we moved it up a year, which works well for our daughter. She has two more years of high school left when we get back, and so she'll have more time to prepare This college, is super. But... This is super inspiring, honestly. <laughs> I really hope like a lot of people listen to this because I think there's a lot that people can take away from this. And I, I will say like, listen, since we started this podcast, I am super appreciative of how vulnerable and honest you two have been of like the things that you've given up and, you know, perhaps even putting some like numbers to things and sacrifices that you've made, but you're reaping the rewards and the benefits now and look what you're doing now. It is awesome. I mean, you are living life. 
And this is called the pursuit of happiness. And you two have been doing that. And now you get to spend the majority of like the second part of your life, actually doing that. So I was sitting at a desk and watching, watching life go by where you're just sitting there, which definitely doesn't sound very appealing to me. So yeah, Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for you. I'm super excited for your next adventures knowing you can have many of them, whatever you want. You can take those (laughs) trips in the shoulder season. Uh, but yeah, this yeah. is this has been just super inspiring, and it's it's definitely something I want to do quite a lot more research in because, um, as I just mentioned, we sat down with the Excel spreadsheets last weekend. Fortunately, we are decently fortunate with two good jobs, benefits, all that kind of stuff, and it's time for us to figure out what we really want to do with our lives and our future. And I know we have a great time. When we travel, we take trips, but then it's mm-hmm. back to the grind. It's back to work, back to reality. The worst part about taking a trip is coming back and opening that email box and you yeah. see like 300 <laughs> messages and it's like, son of a bee, here we go again. I would, <laughs> I would love not yeah. to have to deal with that ever again, but it sounds like you two are just beyond super happy with your decision to do this. You would recommend this mm-hmm. to everybody, which says everything. Uh, so for more information about you, your family, your methods, how can people do a little more research? And uh, you said the YouTube channel, go ahead and let everyone know how they can find you. Yeah. So our website's onfirefamily.com, all one word on fire family. And on there we have, uh, pretty much our financial blueprint for how we made this happen. So uh, all the baby steps that we took to get there, we've got um, Excel spreadsheets, we've got charts uh, showing how our um, money grew, and uh, we've even got the exact investments that were invested in those index funds. Uh, It's all on there. Um, we get a lot of frequently asked questions, like what about the kids' college? What about the kids' homeschool? What did you do with the house? All these kinds of things. All of that's answered on there. Uh, and then uh, if you scroll down towards the bottom there, there's a link to our YouTube channel. Uh, we got started during COVID on YouTube while we were boat shopping. So we would sit down on a Friday night and pour a couple of drinks and have a happy hour and uh, shop for our boat online. And so that turned into building a community of folks that have come along with us as we um, shopped for a boat, bought a boat, inspected the boat, moved on the boat. And now it's more of a travel uh, vlog format where uh, we're out here doing the trip, living the dream. And so a lot of people uh, come along each week as we post videos and uh, kind of share in this excitement with us. So it, uh, it makes dozens of dollars, <laughs> um, but also it's a community of boating enthusiasts hmm. and will likely be the way that we sell our boat. And if we put all that work into that YouTube channel to sell the boat so that we can continue to live our fire lifestyle, that will be absolutely worth it. Absolutely. Who knows? Someone listening to this might be like, I want that. And from what I can see, <laughs> it looks awesome to me. So, yeah. um, but uh, it's, uh, you, you're also on Instagram as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, uh, at on fire family. Yeah. You guys snag the, the great handles and the websites all you could fire on yeah, fire. Family. But if you just Google like on fire family as separate words, you get some pretty sad pictures of Fires and families. Let's not do that. Yeah, Yeah, just just scroll down to the show notes. Everything will be linked. I'll link everything to (laughs) find you both and and your family. And uh, 
I can't help but wonder, we've both talked about books that have influenced us. Have you considered writing a book about your methods? Uh, I, I, I've, no, not really. Not seriously. Yeah. I, um, I've blogged before. I wrote a book when I, I, I started a boat tour business and I wrote a book associated with that. And it was a rough ride. It was yeah. uh, a, a, a tough period in our, this thing. Uh, yeah, it was, it turned, it turned out to be more of a photo book because it, uh, anyway, no, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, I think, um, again, it's, uh, you know, what does, uh, early retirement look like, like mm. writing a book seems like work to me. That's just what it is. Whereas, I love, it. Uh, I love that. <laughs> whereas sitting down and, um, you know, sharing on YouTube or doing things like this, that, yeah. that's fun. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem like work to me. And so yeah. that's, um, you know, it's just that how you, how you define it. So, yeah. There's no better. There's honestly no better answer. I, part of me was hoping you'd say, yeah, but I was like, did you say no? It sounds like work. I don't feel like doing work. That's the entire point of this podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. I appreciate that answer more than you know. I think that's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. But yeah, for anybody listening, go follow you, go check, go check you out. And you know, we, we can wrap it up here in just a moment, but, but I want to say that there is a million directions we could have taken this podcast. And I would love to have you both back on. We can continue to do that as far as your fire methods, your 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 finances and how you how you really hammer down your debt to your cancer diagnosis to surviving cancer giving inspiration from that. And then your travels and your adventures and doing the great loop. It's like, where do you start? So if someone heard us hopping around a little bit in this podcast, because of that, because you have so much to share and they're all interconnect, they all intertwine to where you are today. So you are definitely welcome back on this podcast anytime you want. Absolutely. I'd love to catch up. Perhaps when you're wrapping this up, we can talk more about your trip. And then if you have another one, in mind that you want to take we can go on and talk about that but anytime looks like you've got some lightning behind you is there thunder or there's a big storm coming in fact it just did some damage in new orleans a couple hours ago is that yeah. what it so, was okay, okay. So we're under a tornado watch and yeah. uh, we're on a boat so it's not the best so yeah. uh after we hang up here we're gonna kind of figure out our plan for uh what may happen this evening look at the what forecast. is a plan for someone that's not a, like what are you doing this <laughs> we situation? have actually been in a tornado warning when we were in illinois uh but that was more like in a valley and so it's pretty well protected okay um here we're probably going to run to a home there's a there's a we're in a residential area so there's there's houses right over there okay makes sense well geez i don't want to keep you any longer i want you to be safe (laughs) yeah no well please stay safe so you can continue your journey and we can get you back on but you two have been uh, an absolute pleasure as soon as show and joe when we talked to them, uh, what a great conversation with them. And they brought They're you super up fantastic. And, and they said, you know, I got somebody that'd be great for your podcast. And they, they said with probably like 10 words, I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, introduce me, <laughs> set me up. So I'm super happy that we were able to make this happen. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year. Yes. To you too. Yeah. I, I'm so excited for you and I'm excited to follow your journey where all the kids get to see and all the history you get to learn. I'm really happy for you, for you uh, all. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm a little jealous. Honestly, I'll be sitting at my desk, <laughs> but one of these days, one of these days, you've inspired yes. me, you've inspired me, you've inspired so many people. So I appreciate it so awesome. much. Well, thank you. Thank Ryan. You. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful night. You yeah, too. You too. Night.
special thank you to Seth and Jennifer Vore for spending their time and going over their strategy for me and for us. Super, super helpful. You can live the fire method to the max or you can take bits and pieces. It is such a useful method and I loved how they were pretty vulnerable with their answers and just kind of showed how they do it. Um, as I mentioned, there's definitely some techniques that I will be stealing from them. And uh, retiring early, traveling the world, that's something I really want to do. And they give a blueprint on how to do that. So congratulations, they had a strategy and they've been sticking to it and now they're reaping the rewards. Sounds incredible. Sounds absolutely incredible. Once again, thank you, Seth and Jennifer. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. If you enjoyed this or any episode, please share. Please share with your friends, family, leave a review. It is greatly appreciated. And also don't forget to subscribe. All right, we have more good episodes on the way very, very soon. So be on the lookout and follow me on Instagram at the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. And I'll catch you all soon.